It is Brian Nuna. We are here uh, post-White Sox, as we will be for the rest of the season on Sundays when the White Sox play. We come on a little bit later, but we never know exactly what time. We're always happy to be here and happy to have you with us. 312-981-7200. That's the number if you want to get involved in the program. Uh, you know how to do it. You call that number. You'll uh, be greeted by the friendly voice of Cody. Oh, I'm back at work. Golf. He's the executive producer from Rockford, Illinois. If you're nice to him, you get to me. That is also the text number. Use the text. i got to be honest. Use the text screen sparingly. Uh, some of us. Some of us are not good at texting. And I found, I had an incident the other day uh, where it's related to texting, but it was an email, and I thought, you know what, if I send this email, it could be perceived wrong. So you know what I did, Cody? I had a face-to-face discussion with people. My point was made clearly, concisely, and I was able to change people's minds and get them around to my way of thinking. So if you have a serious thought about the program, maybe just call. That's, uh, then, we, then your tone is not misinterpreted. I don't want to tell you how to listen. You do what you want, but I'm just making suggestions. Anyway, if you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, then you can, you know, we all know what a joy social media is. It's Brian Noonan Show on both of those mediums. Uh, I'm on I'm on Instagram, sure I am. I'm uh, not on Spotify, or uh, uh, what's the one with the ghost? Get Snapchat. Snapchat, I'm not on that one. Not on, I'm not on Spotify either. I am on Spotify. I get yelled at that I don't have premium Spotify, that I just go regular Spotify. Uh, Are so- you on Spotify? Well, I use Spotify. Are you on it, though? Well, I mean, is there a... uh, Can you sign up for playlists? No. Uh, But who knows? Anyway, so a lot to get to today. We'll talk a little bit about the White Sox because, hey, congratulations. We are the flagship home of the Chicago White Sox. White Sox winning their first game of the season. What I'm sure will be the first of uh, 65, 66 wins this year for the White Sox. Not going to be a promising year, but if you are a White Sox fan, you know that. But that will lead to uh, the discussion we will have momentarily. We'll also talk about the big mayoral race. The election is Tuesday. Cody, you are a Chicago resident. Have you voted yet, or are you preparing to vote? I voted in the, you know... The- sure, this is the this is the runoff election. This will actually decide who is your mayor. Are you ready? Yeah. We'll get into that as well. That's not uh, very good. I'm not. Uh, I'm not buoyed by your enthusiasm or the fact that you seem to think you already voted. Uh, that was back in February. That one's done. That doesn't count anymore. I realize I did. Vo- it counted. It counted uh, the first time. Well, it didn't. Uh, it didn't set us up for a mayor. It mm. set us up for a runoff election, which we all knew was coming. And now we have Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle slugging it out to become the first female African-American mayor, uh, mayor of Chicago, which is historic. Uh, and it also, boy, uh, things not looking good for Tony Preckwinkle at this point in time. You know, last night I was out to dinner with some friends from out of town, and I was talking about Lightfoot and Preckwinkle. And Did they think it was Thunderbolt and Lightfoot? One of them pointed out that they both sound like elf names from J.R.R. Tolkien. And they're right, Lightfoot. That's great, Preckwinkle. It's like Samwise. It's funny. Okay. It's very funny for uh, you know if you're a nerd. Sure, it's, <laughs> I guess. I, okay, I guess yeah, that's fine. I'm not. I don't understand it. I think it's fine. I read Lord of the Rings. People that are into the fantasy world will know what I'm talking about. I have a hard enough time in this world. I'm not, I'm not wandering <laughs> off into some fantasy world where there's goblins and elves and fairies and all sorts of things running about, flitting about the woods. Uh, I don't want a gnome. I don't need to know that. I don't want to know if there's you know a wood nymph <laughs> coming for me. I don't need any of that. I got, I got problems. I look out the window. I see this world, the real world, and it's uh, full of uh, dismay and torment and hardship 
and struggles, uh, lightened only by brief moments of levity. Don't you watch Game of Thrones? Of course I do. What? The, <laughs> what? You have but no I right also, to talk. I, I do, because I know it's just... Uh, you know why I watch Game of Thrones? So I can nap. Oh. That's, you know I've only made it through about three full episodes of Game of Thrones. Everything else, I know there's a Lannister, there's a dwarf, and there's some dragons. Mm. Other than that, pretty much out there. You better brush up two weeks from today. I heard. It's back. <laughs> oh, for the final season, yes, and winter has come, and there's going to be you know more dragons and the White Walkers and uh, uh, I don't know what else is coming. Uh, winter. Winter is coming. Well, no, winter's already arrived. Wow. But, you know, everybody's dead. Who's who's left? That's, the little that's, girl? Cersei Lannister's still left? Arya. Arya, sure. Arya. Arya Grande. Is she Ariana Grande's Arya Grande Stark. Arya Grande is in it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's the little Stark with the big ponytail. Sure. Is that right? Little Stark, big ponytail, sure. which is, I think, the name of the morning team at some radio station. Sure. At some top 40 station somewhere. Some right. CHR. Uh, they follow Lightfoot Duluth. and Preckwinkle. <laughs> No, Lightfoot and Preckwinkle are definitely the morning show. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Ponytail? I already forgot. Somebody in Ponytail. That was a long time ago, afternoon. Brian. Yeah, that was like 30 seconds ago. We don't have time for any of this. Radio's real time. We're not about skipping around. You don't DVR WGN Radio. You no. listen live. I know people wish they could pause it and come back, but, you know, when something else... Well, yeah, I guess you could. You know how you pause it? Turn it off. Come back. Turn it back on. Of course, you've missed everything we said, but then you listen to the full show podcast, and it's almost like, uh, you know, that you paused us. All right. So, uh, here's the question, and we don't talk a lot of sports on this program, but we uh, we are, as I mentioned, the flagship home of the White Sox. If you've been listening to WGN for the last few hours, you know we carry the White Sox games. We started this last year. It's, I was very excited when the White Sox came aboard, being a... a Long-time Sox fan, unlike some people who, oh, i got to get a new hat. I had the hat. I had the jerseys. I had the, I had the years of uh, sucky under my belt for, uh, that sounded weird. Yeah. You know what I meant. What? Yeah. You had years of listeners yelling at you angrily 10 oh, years ago sure. because well, you were a Sox fan. It wasn't that long. It was about, yes. Yeah, 11 yeah. years ago. No. The, no, Sports Night didn't come till I was mid-run mid, mid oh, run here at WG. No, Sports Night, but people knew you were a Sox fan. Oh, sure. That's, that's always been a thing. But anyway... So, you know, last year the Sox were like, oh, we're going into a rebuild. And uh, and people are like, oh, well, yeah, we can we can get behind this rebuild because we saw what happened on the north side to the Cubs, and they went into a rebuild. And it took a few years, but everything turned out great. Now, the Sox have not been competitive in uh, low on six, seven years since the 2012 season. Not going to be competitive this season. Good chance they're not going to be competitive next season. Maybe a little more competitive, and uh, and and people, Sox fans for the most part are, if not okay with this, they're begrudging. Uh, there's a begrudging acceptance of it. That all right, this is what has to be done if you want your baseball team to be any good. Uh, you know, very Paul Sullivan, who covers the White Sox for the Chicago Tribune, had a very good column the other day. Or article the other day talking about how the Sox need to uh, ride out this rebuilding time because you know in a couple of years if they're making the playoffs oh man everybody's going to be back on board everybody who bought a jersey back in two thousand five is going to be oh I always let you know this is great just like uh, you know a few years ago when the Cubs all of a sudden were going into the playoffs and then on to win the World Series there were a lot of brand new bright blue shirts around you know uh, now granted there were a ton of 
really faded blue shirts from people who had put up with decades and decades of horrible play up at uh, the friendly confines. That's what's going to happen at uh, guaranteed rate in a few years. Everybody will be everybody will be back on board, and that's fine. I got no problem with that. But what are we going to do in the meantime? And if you are a Sox fan, if you've been listening to the game today, and again, the Sox beat the uh, Kansas City Royals 6-3 to after uh, dropping the first two games of the season to the Royals, in whether that uh, I will make this bold statement, Cody, because, you know, anytime you talk sports, you got to have hot takes. No baseball till June 1st. We shorten the season. No baseball till June 1st. The other day, the Sox had a two-hour snow delay. Uh, rain, snow. It was too cold. Yesterday, too cold. There's there's no reason to play baseball when it's 30 degrees. It's ridiculous. MLB, come on now. We can figure it out. I know the purists still want the uh, the 162-game season and all of this. They want to, you know, we go, oh, we got to go April to October. No, we don't. June 1st. Because then you've got all the open-air stadiums in the uh, Midwest and the uh, the Northeast and all that. Come on. I know Thursday's the home opener here. I don't know what the weather's going to be, but last year it snowed. Horrible. It was horrible at the home opener last year. Last two years it's been awful. So, uh, you know, all right, there's a sidebar. My hot take no baseball till June 1st. Don't at me. Uh, hashtag change my mind. Is that what they, what, what do they say? Uh, I know they, don't, they say don't at me. They say don't at me. So Ch- don't at me. Change my mind is different. It's like the opposite of don't at me. But you know what? That was a great digital call to action right there. Was that, am I calling people to action? There's just so much action. God. Everyone is being called to action See, at this that's moment. That's what I do. I, and we're allowed to call people to action. Right. We're not allowed to ins- uh, call them to incite violence. But, right, which we know. would never do. No, but I, I, I will say uh, you can write MLB. That's not violent unless you use all caps. <laughs> but if you use all caps, I, they'll probably understand. I don't think you'll get a visit from any law enforcement agency. Oh, my God, I got an email. Of, that's, yes, that's MLB corporate. That's the MLB corporate voice. Oh, my gosh, we got an email from somebody who was all caps. I felt threatened. I was triggered. Oh, then we better run off and you know call somebody. All right, so no baseball till June 1st. But my question for Sox fans is, how patient are you going to be? And what should the Sox do to... Keep interest rolling through the next, this season and probably next season, in all reality. Uh, and Paul Sullivan had some great ideas in his piece the other day. And the first one was uh, bringing up, you know, bringing up uh, Eloy Jimenez, getting him on there, getting him his roster spot, and saying, okay, you know, now we got a guy. Here's a young prospect. This guy has been talked about for a couple years. So now he's on. So maybe he's going to get some people in the seats. He's going to draw a little interest as long as he doesn't put too much pressure on himself and believe all the hype and then crash and burn. If he if he comes out and he's you know, he's had a good uh, good couple of days so far to get things started. So that's uh, that's the number one thing that Paul said they should do. And this now he said number 2 was make the ballpark a fun experience. And I for all my years going there, I think guaranteed rate is a fun place to go. You've got a lot of things to do for kids. You've got uh, great food. You've got an atmosphere in the parking lot that allows for tailgating, which is always fun. You've got a new thing. Oh, we got to talk to Jesse about this. Goose Island now has a new section in the right field bleachers. The Goose Island, and it's surrounded on four sides by water, Cody. So you could sit out in the bleachers, and not just bleacher seats, fancy schmancy seats. Oh, yeah, and it's surrounded by water. And there's a big goose tap handle sitting out over right field. 
which I think if the Sox want to really be fun, they should do what they did in Bull Durham. And if anybody from the Sox hits that goose head with a home run, they win a free steak dinner somewhere. Because that was in uh, Bull Durham. If they hit the sign with the bull, they won a steak dinner. So I think the Sox need to put that in. Brooks Boyer, if you're listening, that one's free. My first idea, always comped. Then I start to charge. Or maybe if the ball hits the giant tap, then it, it pulls down like it's pouring. Or it pours beer on the fans. Oh, I was going to say it turns into a giant slip and slide water slide. So all the seats just flatten out and what, then everyone... shoots people into right field? Everyone just gets shot into right field. That's dangerous. I'm not... Uh, hmm. it, might disrupt, it might disrupt the game, I understand, but well, it would still, be worth it. Well, sure, and you're in a home run trot anyway, so the action is going to pause for a few minutes. Right. Take so a commercial break. Going. Sure. Oh, they'd have to. With all the bodies laying in a huge pile in right field, broken bones and people moaning, you'd need to go for a commercial break. Probably a pitching change, maybe an extra Star Spangled Banner or something. You know, bring somebody else out and salute uh, salute somebody. All right, so make the ballpark fun, which they, which they the, the Sox always do. They get the shower in center field. The Sox always do a lot uh, to to make things fun. We got to get we got to get Southpaw a friend though, who's a little more recognizable. Southpaw's recognizable, but. Somebody who people go, what is that? And I, you know I love Southpaw, 100%. I'm down with the green furry, furry whatever he is. This, uh, this, I think, is key. I don't think it will ever happen. Paul Sullivan suggests dropping the prices, the price of tickets, concessions, parking, everything, while the club is bottoming out and coming back up. And that, that makes perfect sense. Everybody, everybody who's losing should look at this, but, but, of course, the team is going to say we we need that revenue to pay the players. You want the team to get better? We got to have money. Okay, so it's you know uh, kind of a double edged sword. And the Sox do try to make things better on Sundays. They do the family Sundays where you can get the packages and uh, get a family of four in there for a much uh, much reduced price. And their parking is cheaper on Sundays too. So they're doing a little bit of that. Uh, maybe maybe take a look at that a little bit. Appealing to the South Side core. Yeah, I was the other day, you know, I teach at the school on the South Side. Kind of. And uh, what well, kind of teach? No, it's kind of on the South. But anyway, it was uh, opening day because it was Spirit Week. So Monday it was pajama day, then it was tropical day, blah, blah, blah. But Thursday was opening day. So you got to wear either your Cubs or your Sox gear to represent your team. And I was shocked and dismayed. That the majority of the people at the uh, majority of the kids at the school and the teachers were wearing cubby blue, and I thought, huh, that's strange. I thought maybe they'd, uh, you know, maybe being here there'd be a few more Sox fans, but uh, there were not. So you got to get, you got to really play to that South Side, South Side core. Get, get these people engaged, you know, bring them around, and then finally he says, uh, have a sense of humor about losing, which you have to. Because it's going to be a long, a long couple of years, and you know, and that goes for Sox fans too. Get used, get used to Cubs fans uh, cranking up the mockery. Because for some reason they're still a little insecure about the White Sox, uh, even though they are definitely the team in town. Get used to them. Get used to them throwing a little more mockery your way, and just laugh it off. Go, yeah, we'll wait. You know, wear your black and white proudly. And just relax, but it's going to be, it's going to be rough. I'm wondering how long people, how long before people finally go. All right, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Now you don't, you don't care about any of this, which amazes me. 
<laughs> you don't. You could not care. Uh, I don't think you could care less. Could you? I. I. You know. I think sports really bring people together, and I think that's a great thing about sports. I am not necessarily one of the people that is brought together with others, but I love the sense of community. I love when even yeah, I know you know you said a lot of blue T-shirts popped up when the Cubs won the World sure. Series, and I had mine from from years ago, and I wore it, and yeah, I was kind of a a fan of the festivities when they won the World Series because yeah. I live in that area. Oh, I live- listen, I was very I was very happy when uh, when the Cubs won because. I have lots of friends who've been long-suffering Cubs fans, so you get to see, and there is something about there is something about uh, bringing uh, bringing that civic pride. Yeah, you know, even though it's not your team, you can you can be happy for the other people. Yeah, there's a civic community element, and yeah, yeah. I, I didn't follow a lot of that season or baseball in general, but like I think that you're allowed to to attract some people. The gravity of big events like that can suck in some people from outside the usual sports world, and everyone can enjoy it together. And I think that's really nice. All right, on the other side of the news, we will talk about the mayoral election, which is coming up Tuesday, unbeknownst to Cody. So a lot to get to. Uh, <laughs> we will do that on the other side. Let me look for, uh, I'm sure there's some sort of legal ID that I'm supposed to read here. Uh, Sure there is. There it is. Here everyone's favorite weatherman, Tom Skilling, weekday afternoons at 4 on the Rocon Show with Anna DeVolantes on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. The news with Pam Jones at 5 o'clock. Later on this hour, we will be talking to our good friend Roger Badish, who uh, has been off for a little while, he is not. Uh, he's doing better, but we will find out why Roger has been off, and we will uh, get an update on him real quick. We also have a bow tie theater review. I was uh, oh, I was at the theater again the other night and brought the bow tie back out after a couple weeks of the uh, couple shows where the bow tie didn't make an appearance. The bow tie was back the other night and uh, saw Anastasia. So we will be talking about Anastasia, and you have a uh, week left to see that if you so choose. So we'll do that, and then after six o'clock. We will, uh, well, I'll tell you the things that make people instantly dislike you, because there's nothing wrong with that, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, the surprise, in, in advance of what I'm sure will be a big topic on Karen Conti's show, uh, the Jesse Smollett decision. The Jesse Smollett decision. Or if you're Chris Rock, he said, from now on you're Jesse, because uh, the you was for respect, and you've lo- <laughs> and now you've lost that respect. So Chris Rock unleashing on Jesse Smollett last night at the... Uh, at the uh, Image Awards. I don't know that I've ever seen Chicago more united ever yeah. than this whole fallout. Tuesday, I felt like Ooh. the city went insane. Yeah, it was not It was not good. We it, can talk about it now. It, it, uh, people were shocked. Especially, you know, Kim Fox came out in a letter to the Trib Friday night saying, listen, there's a lot... Uh, uh, maybe the evidence wasn't as strong as we said before, but just the two days before, she had said that she was confident that he would be convicted. It's like, wait a minute. Now, I'm not a lawyer, uh, as we all know, nor a doctor. Uh, some people would argue, am I really a talk show host? I would say yes, 100%. But uh, to g- everything seemed in line, and the police, I this is my thing now. Uh, his defense team continuously bashing the city and the police department. Dude, shut up. All right, because first of all, the police, the police almost to their detriment, poured all their resources into this investigation. And we talked about this while it was happening uh, to the point where you're like, wait a minute, other people were uh, like really killed this time. We maybe we maybe we redirect some of our resources there, too. But 
oh, wait, we have a high-profile celebrity who's got a uh, potential hate crime and uh, you know, all of this other stuff. We got we to gotta really make sure this is taken care of. And then for them to come out and say, no, it's the police department's fault and the city's fault, shut up. You know what? Put your tail between your legs. Thank whatever uh, God you pray to that you got all all 16 charges dropped. Really? Okay. And then uh, scurry back to L.A. and shut up. Now, of course, you know, the mayor, the mayor gets all angry. Oh, we're going to send you a bill. You Be quiet, too, Rom. Okay? You're leaving. Just shh. We, we get it. You're mad. You should. You have every right to be mad. You have the right to get on TV and say it's a whitewashing of justice. That's fine. But let's not, uh, let's not uh, pretend that this is anything more than you trying to <laughs> be punitive and, you know, stomp your feet and go, we're going to make you pay for this. No, the city's already uh, looking bad enough through no fault of our own, I think, at this point. Just, you know what? Roll with it. Let the let there be an investigation. Kim Fox says she's open to a non-political investigation into the case. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Let's get some investigating done. But uh, yeah, this was this was insane. I think Roe almost had an aneurysm. Quite <laughs> frankly, I I was surprised. I'm sure uh, his fine producers Jeff and Brian had medical staff at the ready because I thought uh, you know I'm sure there was something about to burst in Roe's head. He was he was not happy either. We had a texter that said, ban Jesse from Chicago, kick him out. The thing is, if I were him, I, you know, he maybe he wasn't maybe he wasn't really attacked this time, but I, uh, I imagine... Careful, careful where you're going with this, I'm just with saying, the end of this sentence. I'm just saying I imagine some people in Chicago wouldn't be really happy to see him. And I never advocate violence, and no one's advocating violence, but, I mean, if you make a lot of people really mad, you probably shouldn't uh, well, <laughs> hang you know around. What? It's funny, uh, you know, Fox and Empire and everybody is now... Boy, they couldn't they couldn't backpedal fast enough. You know, when this was all going on, they write him out of the last two episodes of the season to avoid any sort of uh, distraction on the set. And then Fox comes out the other day. Oh no, we were behind him all the way, and you know Jesse has always uh, maintained his innocence, and we believe. Oh, shut up! This whole thing is just there's there's a lot more here than any of us will ever know. Any of us who are outside. Uh, the criminal courts building, and outside uh, the the state's attorney's office and all of this. But I'm going to be interested to see. Now the federal federal people are looking into this letter that supposedly came to him on the set, which triggered this whole thing, and the fact that he was not happy with not only his pay on the show, but also how uh, they handled this letter. So... And let's just see if mail fraud and all that carries a little more weight than 16-count indictment. 16 charges. Cody, if I were charged with eight, right now I'd be doing the show by a payphone and be getting other inmates to give me quarters so I could keep pumping quarters in to do the show on the payphone in the holding cell. As I as I thought to myself, I'm never going to be able to go to the bathroom in that one open toilet. That's I could never go to jail just for that reason. But well, he, he's he's done. He's out. It just it, it doesn't make sense. So I know Karen will be talking more about it as as a as a lawyer herself. She'll be able to uh, maybe give some more insight. Bro, she'll definitely give more insight. But if you listen to all the lawyers that were interviewed over the last few days, they're like, "Yeah, we really haven't seen we haven't seen this kind of uh, move before." Usually, if uh, charges are dropped, it takes a little longer. 
You know, and for the state's attorney, this, this is what always bothers me. And I understand it's a, uh, you know, you make your record on convictions. But to go from Wednesday where we have a strong case and we, we you know, we're confident that we can convict to Friday where, well, there's a lot of things we, but we don't, th- he's not exonerated. He hasn't been found guilty. We just don't think we can convict him. If you really don't believe he's guilty, and again, this is me being naive, common guy who's not uh, not a lawyer. If you've got that much that you know he's guilty, try him. On maybe you get him on. I don't know four of the sixteen counts. It's still you know that's still something. Oh no, we'll just we'll just give him some community service, and he can you know he can go down to Operation Push and sign autographs and take pictures, and then uh, uh, then he'll be off. Really? Huh. Interesting. I feel like I got you on a tangent from the Chicago mayoral race. No, listen, because Smollett was on the Smollett was on the legal pad. We just flip things around. Ah. It's not a big deal. This is all this is all stuff that was going to get talked about today. Whatever order it gets talked about, it gets talked about. Doesn't matter to me uh, because you know it's all Chicago, all important Chicago stories. Cody, and I don't know if you know this. That's what we do here. We talk about Chicago stories. Chicago stories. And I got a story later about, uh, you know, a couple in Ohio. But sometimes stories not in the city are worth it just for fun. <laughs> but uh, but when something like this happens, and as you mentioned, the whole city is like, what the? You could almost you could almost see a huge WTF shoot up into the sky, like the bat signal. The whole city, hashtag WTF. And they were like, ah, people were losing their minds. Except for Kim Fox. She was very calm. Oh, no. We got it all under control. Okay. Well, we'll see. I hope I hope there is the investigation that she uh, she welcomes. You know? But it's nice, to, it's nice to see that no matter who you are in this country, as long as you have money and fame, the law works for you. Doesn't matter. Black, white. Doesn't matter. You got money and fame? Sure. Oh. Come on in. Let us talk to you in this back room. Don't sit out there with the rest of the, you know, the people, the non-connected working people who don't have the connections to, you know, to come into the back room. We'll hook you up back here, and then you go on your merry way. Hop into your black uh, Escalades, go back to your TV set, and you'll be fine. Beautiful. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, mayoral race and remind Cody that there is actually an election on Tuesday and uh, talk a little bit about what happened today since we brought up uh, Jesse Jackson when we were talking about Jesse Smollett. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Jesse Jackson and what he uh, did with uh, Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle today and if it's going to matter to you at all. We'll get to all of that after this. WGN. All right, uh, the election for Chicago's mayor is on Tuesday. It will be historic. Whoever wins uh, the first African-American female to be mayor of this city. Uh, a lot of endorsements going to do uh, Lori Lightfoot. The Tribune included endorsing Lightfoot, saying that uh, she is the um, the most ver- she has the most versatility to manage Chicago's complexities. That is a quote from the Tribune. Um, now you you remember after the runoff that's the one you or uh, the initial election back in February Cody that's the one you voted in the election that uh, set up the runoff election so you know you have to vote again for mayor I remember that yes yes you, you yes. need to vote again what are you looking for in a mayor you're a, see because here's the thing you you live in the city I do not but what happens in the city directly affects 
me and in, in and most people in a lot of ways, whether you come into the city to work, whether you come in just for enjoyment. What happens in Chicago affects not only Chicago and the collar counties, but f- for better or worse, a lot of this state, despite the fact that the people downstate think that we are another state, which we are not. Just to clarify for my friends who are listening down in, uh, you know, Cairo or uh, Carbondale or any of the uh, the downstate areas, we are all one state. So what are you looking for in a mayor? In a mayor? In the mayor of the city of Chicago, when you're deciding who to cast your vote for, and you don't, I'm not asking you to say who you're going to vote for. I'm asking you what, what are you looking for in a mayor? That's a great question. What are your big issues? I don't usually, I don't usually look. I, I mean, I look for whatever they're saying. Uh, I don't know that they're always saying what I'm interested in, but I, th- okay. I think I think three three things that pop into my head off the top of my head that like really kind of need to be dealt with in Chicago right now are the roads are are infrastructure is horrible unreal i have been taking lifts and ubers around lately and it is like you drive down diversity avenue mm-hmm. and it's like forget about it yeah. i I've, i don't i mean rockford used to have almost innavigable roads like wow. we're like reaching that, third that world was almost innavigable i know me. we're reaching like literal third world country road status in this city on some blocks and every every year at this time uh we complain about this and yet still in this day and age where you know we can send a probe past mars into this we can't figure out a, a, a compound that will stay in the potholes that will well, well it's going to free you know it freezes and then everything expands and then contracts and then you get to potholes all right captain science let's figure out something that doesn't right Let, let's work on that how about that so i know lyft and uber are taxed by the city of chicago sure they are. but i don't know where exactly that tax money goes it seems to me it makes sense that if you have companies move into town that are making literally hundreds of millions of dollars from our citizens and our mm-hmm. roads and you're increasing the the flow of traffic in the city of Chicago, exponentially. I mean, I've taken yes. more rides in cabs in the last few years since they came around than in the last 10 years before that combined, mm-hmm. as a guy that doesn't own a car. Right. Like, it seems to me a pretty logical, really makes a lot of sense thing that you tax those companies and you put it into the roads. Well, but I don't know if that's the thing that we're doing. Um, well, the roads are not all the city. You know, you got state highways and you got the county for the roads. It's not all the city. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't know. And something has to be done. I mean, something has to be done about uh, about serving and helping the homeless population right now. Yeah. I feel like uh, maybe it's just me, but in the last five to eight years, the just the density of the homeless population has skyrocketed. On, on the CTA, I take trains mm-hmm. everywhere. On the CTA, you walk down Michigan Avenue, it's like there's like three or four times more than there used to be back when we were at Tribune Tower. I mean, it, they're just everywhere. And there there has to be, someone's got to come up with some kind of solution. We've got to serve those communities and, and get them back on their feet or, so, or do something. So infrastructure and uh, services for the homeless and yeah. underserved, those are two of your addressing of your, poverty. Big, uh, your big things. Have you, has either one of these candidates done anything to make you think that they're the one who's going and you don't again not a name just say oh yes one has or one or neither one has or both have or i will be looking closer at the issues over the next couple days Good. so i haven't done as much research to ma- enough research to make a, a, a informed decision on that but as a, as a millennial in his early 30s yes. i can say those are issues that are important to me because i see them well, and they're 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 local issues those, those are, are things- local issues crime of course another big one 
Uh, the budget, yeah. always a huge issue for people who live in the city. Taxes uh, for people, especially homeowners and business owners in the city. Uh, but anybody who shops or uh, parks or does any other business in the city is uh, a slave to those taxes as well. I would agree with you, crime a big one, but I think that addressing poverty is a big step in resolving crime. Right. I mean, people migrate to affluent neighborhoods and turn to lives of crime sometimes when they are at have, when they've hit rock bottom and they have no other alternative. Well, and I think another one of the major issues that both of these candidates uh, have been trying to address is the relationship between the uh, CPD and the uh, the various neighborhoods around the city and the apparent alleged corruption uh, or lack of oversight that has plagued CPD for years. That is going to be something that uh, one of the first orders of business that these candidates have to do. The first order of business for you, the voting public, who live in the city is to get out and vote on Tuesday because 35% is the uh, how many people voted in February, and that is loathsome. 35%. Now, come on. It's going to be... it's it's. It's going to be nice enough weather. We can't use weather as an excuse on Tuesday. We can't sit around and whine. Oh, neither one is going to do a good job, so I'm not going to vote. No, no. Go out and vote. And, uh, it, I mean, I was going to say I can't tell you what to do, but yeah, I can. Go out and vote. You're an American. You're a resident of this city. Uh, it's in your hands. Whatever, whatever happens after Tuesday will ultimately be on the mayor, but what... The result of Tuesday is on you. So if you really feel strongly about one, if you really feel anti-one, get out and vote. If if you're if you want to say, well, I'm not really crazy about either one, then find one thing about one of those candidates. There's got to be one thing that you can say, I kind of agree with what she says on this issue. Whoever it is, and vote that one issue. Because Let's be honest, none of us are going to agree with a candidate 100%. No candidate's platform makes us go, this is the foundation on which I want to build society. Usually we go, well, there's one board there that I could balance on for a while and make do until everything topples over. So one issue, if you can find one issue, get out and vote. Because if it's 35% or lower, uh, you know this, this is a trend that has been going on for years and years and years, and it's, it's disheartening. When you, look, uh, when you look at what other people are willing to go through to vote. So go out and do this. Here's something else. All right, so Jesse Jackson uh, has both candidates today. They visit, uh, they go to services at um, Operation Push, and uh, he, Jesse asks them to sign a unity pledge that they're going to have a unity press conference the morning after the election. Now, you remember Tony Preckwinkle, the night of the first election, immediately came out guns blazing against Lori Lightfoot. She has since pulled back all those negative ads. But this is something else that I just don't get, maybe because I am i don't have the temperament to be a politician. But yeah, you can say, oh, we're going to have a unity press conference the morning after, and both of the candidates signed this thing, and, and uh, uh, the Reverend Jackson read this. This letter is signed by both of us in our respective positions as Chicago mayoral candidates for election April 2nd. Whereas our task in running for office is done, we realize as leaders we must show Chicago and the nation how we can win with grace and lose with dignity. In a real sense, both of us are winners. No, only one of you is a winner. This is not, this is not soccer for children. There's no second place. Uh, so I don't, I never believe those kind of things. Because if somebody's saying all those personal things about me throughout an election and then it's over and then we're supposed to be pals, I'm not a big enough person for that. 
you know what? You beat me. Good for you. Uh, am I going to work to undermine your mayoral run? Absolutely not. But let's not let's not kid ourselves. Let's not pretend we're all pals because we aren't pals, and we're never going to be pals. And I don't think any of the voters are going to believe on Wednesday morning that uh, Tony Preckwinkle and Lori Lightfoot are going to be going out to brunch together, you know, and going shopping on the Mag Mile for inauguration dresses. That isn't going to happen. But, you know, we got either whoever wins, it's a historic win for this city. Historic win for women, histor- another, another huge win for African Americans in this city. So that's terrific. But let's not, let's not try to pull the wool over everybody's eyes. One other quick note. Some people are also running, uh, voting in a runoff for their alderman, like in my, in my okay. district. So, it, so, you know, if you missed the last election and you want to get civically engaged at a hyper-local level in your neighborhood where you live, then uh, it's a great chance to do that. Yeah. Because, well, some of the things that happen in City Hall don't affect me. Well, guess what? Everything that happens in your ward affects you. So... You know, get out there. And there's another one. If you, that's, I'm going back to the one issue. If you can find just one issue. Aldermanic privilege is a big issue this uh, this election. Both the candidates have, you know, thoughts on that. If that's a concern of yours, research that issue for the two candidates. Make your decision that way. Uh, I don't complain. I don't vote. Sad. Sad, sad, sad. Texter, that is, uh, well, it's sad. There we go. All right. It's uh, news time. After we uh, come back, we're going to check, because usually after the 5.30 news, our good friend Roger Baddish drops in in advance of his uh, 6 o'clock newscast. Well, he won't be dropping by today. We'll find out why and when he will be dropping by again. So we'll do that on the other side of the news. It's 5.30 on 720 WGN. With that news, here's Pam Jones. We've got a uh, bow tie theater review coming up for Anastasia, which is playing now at the uh, Nederlander Theater in Chicago. This is usually the time on Sunday nights when Roger Baddish pops in because he uh, he starts his on-air newscast at 6 o'clock, and so usually he pops in and, uh, you know, we give him a hard time and see what he's up to and uh, hear all his travails if you haven't read all about them on uh, Facebook up until that point. But Roger hasn't been here for a while, and uh, we need to know why. So Roger is joining us on the phone. Uh, hello, Roger. Uh, hi, Joe's Meat Market. What's your beef? Oh, boy. He's a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, See, I did this once already. <laughs> did, oh, did you talk to him already? No, this whole ordering thing—it's—it's it's awesome. Go no, it. no, no, no. That, that's just my little thing with Brian. That's all. That's your little thing. We're not ordering. Brian? I'm not ordering it with no, you. No, just listen. I'm not ordering anything. Listen, why aren't you? What would I order? What's going? I'm on? ordering you, good times for everyone. I hear you're. I, I, you've been. You've been under the weather, which is. I've been slightly under the weather. Sli- which, you've been by ho- the way, you were hospitalized, which is uh, horrifying. Yeah. What's going yeah, on I with was. you? You are always. I listen. We love you, but you're always <laughs> looking for attention. Uh, Cody, am I wrong about this? He's getting. Uh, oh, I'm going to drive on a blizzard-covered road. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get hospitalized. We like you, Roger. You don't have to do all this for for attention. I know you do. I know, what and I know that I what don't. All right. So, so uh, last uh, I was fine a uh, week ago Friday. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I, I worked uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. And then Saturday afternoon, the Grand Girls were at their big citywide gymnastics meet, Ooh. and uh, and did fantastic. Terrific, by the way. No the matter how sick one, he is, Cody, he can still brag about his grandchild. That's a sign of a good grandfather, right there. The uh, the youngest one took first place vault. I want no first place <laughs> place. 
floor exercise in her age group and division. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, and they've only been doing this for less than a year. That's very nice. All right, so yeah. that still does not, uh, that still did, unless they vaulted over you and gave you some sort of head injury, that doesn't explain uh, what happened to you. No, I uh, I wasn't feeling good during the, uh, uh, the meet, so when they were done, Bridget and I came back, and I started feeling like I was getting a cold. Started to feel a little feverish, okay. but then the fever spiked. It, it went from uh, about 99.5. All of a sudden, in a couple hours, it was at a 102.5. See, 99.5, I'm going to think that's not really a fever. No. You get over 100, things are getting dicey. You get over 101, yeah. it's time to, time to have somebody take a look at you. Exactly. Well, as I found out in the hospital, uh, you're not considered to have a fever unless you've got a one. A 100.4. Okay. That that's sense. what they consider a fever. Now, did you... No matter what your normal body temperature is, that's what they... Yeah. Did you put your thermometer on a light bulb to get over that limit so that they would actually uh, put you in the hospital? No, I, I did not do a... Uh, oh, it was that goofy movie. Is. I don't know. Uh, no, so I, I didn't were, do that. You get this... So, Bridget and I... Whatever, yeah. 102.5. Bridget and I, remembering what happened... Four and a half years ago, where we waited too long, uh-huh. thinking that I it was just a fever and I'd get over it, sure. And where I collapsed and we had to call nine one one. I think my fever was above that at that point, and uh, so this time we said, you know, let's just let's just go into the hospital. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, so we get to uh, we get to the hospital. And uh, uh, they admit me. Uh, I get there Saturday night, late Saturday night, and they admit me Sunday morning. Uh, they immediately put me on a generic antibiotic. Ugh. So this is one that kind of covers most infections. Sure, but we but don't know what you like, really have, so we'll just... Exactly. This should exactly. take care of things. Yeah, for the time being, to try to uh, settle me down a little bit. So uh, they start like poking me with needles i still have black and blue marks um uh some of the blood technicians just gave up and left and uh, someone else came a couple hours later i I just got them all drained out of blood but they needed the blood to put into a culture well the culture takes two to three days to grow okay and they need the culture in order to analyze it to figure out exactly which antibiotic will attack it? Because I could have had any kind of infection. Sure, you know, but you but want the, you want the good kind. I want the, I want, want the big, good you kind want a of big anti- one. Yeah, you want a big infection yeah. where they're going to have to give you a ginormous amounts of antibiotics to knock it out. Exactly. What, what did they find out it was after after you're laying there for a couple of days and they're growing your cultures? Uh, I I don't know the exact part, but uh, uh, the exact name rather, but. Uh, uh, from what I understand, one part of the body uh, crossed over into the other part of the body, and okay. that was not good. Like putting your head up your butt? No, not uh, that part, it, as far as the internal part. Now, they also had to keep me under observation to make sure that it didn't spread to my bloodstream. Right. Because if it had done that, probably. Man, oh, man. So uh, do they do they know why this happened? Was it the gymnastics? Uh, no, it I happened. always blame it, gymnastics and exercise for any sort of... Uh... Please, I... Blame exercise for everything. Yeah. Um, it's very unhealthy. Uh, but uh, no, they, they 
they don't know. It's not like they went in there with a, a little scope, blue man group scope to try to wiggle around inside of me to see what might have happened. Uh, but, um, uh, and, and I'll never know. This is the second one. This was kind of, um, this was the same thing that happened, a urinary tract infection. Four and a half years ago, right after my uh, bladder surgery right, uh, that sent me back into the hospital. And again, because I waited too long on that, I was pretty well far gone. Plus, I was still recovering from the surgery. Sure. So I was in the hospital there for about 15 days. And this uh, one, this one for what, four days, five days, three days? Yeah, what do you think? For Sunday morning until they kicked me out Friday. Oh, my gosh. That's almost six days. Yeah. Four and a half, five and a half days. That's too many days. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I know. The hospital. But I bet it kick-started your weight loss again, didn't it? Oh, God, no. No, really? Nope. What were you eating nope. there? Sub sandwiches? Uh, no. Well, no. Peanut butter and jelly. Really? I had a, two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and they were so good. <laughs> oh, so wait, oh, my so God. For those who are what you are home now, you are yes. on the mend. Every they figured out what yeah. they needed to give you to take care of all this. So mm-hmm. the good news is you you will be back next week. Is that the plan? That is my plan. I've got a whole bottle of pills that I will be done with by the time you see me next week. All right, good. Well, that's uh, you know that's the long and the short of it is we're glad you're uh, we're glad you're okay and that you'll be coming back because it's. You know, I, I tease you about your love for posting everything on Facebook, but uh, that was how I, I found out about this <laughs> dilemma, because you're posting it on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm like, uh-oh, this can't be good. Yeah, I... Um, the TV post I'm glad that we caught though. it early, though. I'm, yeah, I'm glad we well, caught it early. This is the problem with you and me and, and a lot of people where we wait too long. And yes. we figure, ah, oh, we don't have to go. Like you said, it's a fever. I'll take some uh, Advil or whatever and mm-hmm. uh, get some sleep, and the fever will break, and, and I'll be fine until you're not fine. Exactly. Until you're shivering, uh, sweating buckets, uh, sweat, and underneath uh, 10 blankets, and uh, you're wondering, why am I not feeling good? I took aspirin. i got to ask you this. Did you hallucinate at all? And when you did, was it Cody's voice in your head? Uh, no, Cody's voice wasn't in my head. I didn't really hallucinate, but I did have the weirdest dream because I really didn't sleep in the hospital. Right. Not. Oh, I just. I, I, well, I mean, other than that, you know, every two hours they're waking you up. I scared the, the Jesus out of uh, one of the nurses' aid one night. She came in to take my um, my vitals. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she comes in real softly because I'm. I'm lying down, you know, snoring away, and I had just fallen asleep and was in apparently a deep sleep, which was unusual for me at that time because I really wasn't sleeping. So I was enjoying whatever joy you can have when you're asleep. And she's coming up to me and going, Mr. Banish, Mr. Banish, and then uses a louder voice, and I almost had a heart attack. Oh. I jumped awake. I scared her. She moved back five feet. I'm not kidding. And she was pregnant, and so I knew it wasn't a good thing for her. No, don't. Why are you, t- why are you treating me? I didn't mean to. Uh, listen, you're, I was you're one of those patients. I get, you know, you're one of those high-maintenance patients. That's all right. Somebody, I am. One of the texters saying they're blaming Matt Bubala for feeding you Swedish fish, and that uh, somehow it created was. some sort of virus. Yeah. 
in you some sort of infection. Yeah. Are you going to stand it, behind it, that and we blame Bubala? Well, we have for a week now, sure. I think that's probably best. <laughs> Uh, and somebody else wanted to know the reason you and you mentioned this. The reason you decided to go to the hospital this time is because last time you didn't, and so you decided that it was better this time to be safe than sorry. Exactly. Would that, so that would yeah. be correct. All right. So now, yeah. do, you, do they spoil you at home when you are when you're sick? Because I somehow I have a feeling uh, you're sitting in your easy chair and just barking out orders. Is that accurate? Well, I'm sitting in my easy chair, but I'm not barking out orders because I have to get up and move around. Okay. I, 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 I've got to. It's doctor's orders. Uh, and, um, and so I can still, you know, I get up, I, I go in, I get my breakfast, my coffee, and nice. I get my own water. And, wow. And, Look uh, at Roger's own water. Whatever up, else. Gets his own yeah. water. Yeah. Cody, do you want to pass along any good wishes and stop flipping us off because I'm talking to Roger? He's, I... he's flipping me off, Roger. Like, why would you talk to Roger? I don't understand. <laughs> It seems mean, overly mean, not, not the usual Cody mean. I gave well wishes Ooh. to Roger on the phone back here in the booth, yes. but, oh, but it's kind of like on it's kind of like birthdays, right? Like if you text someone happy birthday, it doesn't count unless you also write on their Facebook wall. Right. So for the oh, official for the official radio audience, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, and if you don't say it on the air, people go, "What was with Cody?" They'll think I'm heartless. <laughs> Roger Bennett, I miss you so much, <laughs> and your soothing voice <laughs> here doing the news. I hope you. Uh, I wish you a well recovery. Genuinely, happy uh, recovery. Obviously, I'm happy you seem like you're uh, you're already back on the way to here. Boy, Cody is yeah, struggling I, for I this. He's really struggling. Nah, he's I, I'm a millennial. I don't understand how to uh, express emotions. <laughs> I understand. Well, listen, we are we really are glad you're doing better. Uh, and back at home, and we will uh, look forward to seeing you next week here. So get your rest this week. Don't do anything dumb. Do what the doctor tells you, and we will see you next week. You got a deal, buddy. All right, Thanks so much. Take care, Roger. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. See you All later. right, guys. Bye. That's Roger Badish. Uh, he will be back next week. Uh, so that's good That's good news. Because I saw, I saw the text or his, his post, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is not good. Because last, you know, last time he was in the hospital, not good. So this is a, this is pretty good news. All right, let's do this. Then it's a four star or a, a bow tie theater review for Anastasia. That's happening after this. WGN. Oh, coming back with some Motley Crue. You know, we're not reviewing the Dirt, which I could review because I watched it last weekend on Netflix. Here's my review. Awful. Um, but it is time for another. Uh, Bow Tie Theater Review on WGN. I go to the theater, I wear a bow tie, I tell you what I think. It's pretty simple. <laughs> That's how it goes. Now, Cody did not join me for this production. Uh, I saw Anastasia the other night. Anastasia, which is based on a 1997 um, animated film from Disney. Meg Ryan, of course, the voice of Anastasia back in the day. It's a, it's a story that... Covers Europe. It starts in Saint Petersburg, Russia. It goes to Paris. There's uh, there's a, a a young princess, or is she the princess? Uh, her family is killed. You know the story. And then she goes. Uh, she finds some con men, and they tell her, "Yes, you are Anastasia, and the Dowager Empress is in Paris, along with a lot of expat Russians who fled when there was the takeover. Uh, and it, it uh, it's very it's a very complicated story in real life, but it's boiled down to now it's a princess tale, a family friendly princess production, uh, again based on this animated film. 
And it opened in 2017 in New York on Broadway, and it got it got pretty good reviews. And now a touring company has come, and it is playing until next week. It's through April 7th at the uh, James Niederlander Theater here in Chicago, broadwayinchicago.com for your tickets. So I go in, and, and I have a, you know, uh, I never saw the cartoon, because it it was targeted toward girls and their moms. It, it's a princess movie. And the play is kind of the same thing. It's a princess play. However, for the first time, uh, not the first time, but I was really struck by the scenery. There was a lot of, a lot of digital work in the scenes. And it's uh, from what I've uh, come to learn, it is the same set that you would see on Broadway. So they were able to bring all the digital work with them. So you're getting the full visual effect that you would have gotten had you seen this play on Broadway, which is, which is terrific. It was stunning the visuals of this play. The story, uh, you know, they've sanitized a lot of it, but the story is easy to follow. And it's it does, uh, if, you, if you like these princess stories, it does a very good job of it. Personally, I found the story okay. You know, um, the story itself was fine. I understood it. Once again, uh, for me, standouts in the cast are... Kind of the supporting cast. It's a great ensemble all the way around. And the woman who plays Anya, who is Anastasia, Leela Coogan, does a, a great job. She has a terrific voice. She has a nice presence. She Every scene she's in, she does a great job. So she's terrific. Uh, and then you get into the Dowager Empress, played by Joy Franz. And this is Anastasia's grandmother, who was forced to, who left... At the beginning of the play, she leaves St. Petersburg to go to Paris, and there's an exchange between she and Anya, a very touching exchange, and then grandmother leaves to go to Paris, and then all the trouble breaks out in St. Petersburg. So she does a fantastic job. But to me, again, I find the comedic aspects of the supporting cast in some of these shows to be the highlights. And for me, Anastasia was the same way. Terry Kelly, uh, or Tari, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, she plays the Countess Lily, who was a, oh, a rich Bolshevik in, uh, in Russia. Now she's a lady-in-waiting for the Dowager Empress uh, in Paris, but she still longs to go back to those wild days of St. Petersburg and wealth. She's hilarious, as is Edward Staudenmeyer, who plays Vlad, who uh, is a con man, uh, who had a relationship with Countess Lily back in Russia and is part of the team that is shepherding young Anya, convincing her that she is Anastasia. Uh, and he comes back and he reunites with Lily to broker an introduction for Anya to the Dowager Empress. And he's he's hilarious. Uh, Countess Lily, Tari Kelly, hilarious. So anytime they're on set on stage together... You're getting a lot of good laughs. It's it's really funny. So overall, uh, I enjoyed the play. Is it something? Is it something I would have sought out? No, but I did see a lot of uh, kids there, a lot of girls there, a lot of uh, moms or aunts and sisters, and they all seemed to be really enjoying it. And there were some people who were dressed in princess garb. Cody, you would have loved it. There was cosplay happening at Anastasia. Uh, there were so overall an enjoyable production. If you if you are into princess stories, you're really going to love it. Uh, again, the performances are terrific. The scenery is stunning, 
And as a as a uh, dork, I like the costumes when they go to Paris because the guys wore really cool uh, spectator shoes, so two tone shoes. So I thought those were great. Not not completely my cup of uh, Russian tea, but I'm going to give it three bow ties out of four bow ties. It is definitely worth your time to go see it, especially if you enjoyed if you enjoyed the uh, the animated movie. You're going to really enjoy the play. It's playing now through April 7th at the James Niederlander Theater, formerly the Oriental Theater, in Chicago. You can go to broadwayinchicago.com to get your tickets. Uh, So go check out Anastasia. Three bow ties out of four. Uh, Definitely worth your time. if you. uh, And if it's spring break and you have some daughters who want to go see it, catch a matinee. It would be fantastic before it leaves town. Now, Cody, uh, Tuesday night we are going to another production. We're going to see Jersey Boys. Have you seen Jersey Boys before? I don't believe I have, so I'm very excited. So we will talk about that. All right, we got to take a break, and after that, it's news time. We're here, WGN. Uh, Birthday week here on The Big Show. Both Cody and I celebrating a birthday this week, so happy birthday in advance, Cody. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Uh, This will be the last week to speak of it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all. all right. No, for you, do you have big plans? The wife doing anything uh, fun for you? Yeah. You know, uh, when you're newly married, when you're young, people, uh, you know, do something big for your birthday. We're hosting a little shindig uh, next weekend. But what's notable about it is, yes. she quit Facebook, and so she said, "Well, oh, that's true. You know what? I haven't. I've seen her on Insta. That's mm-hmm. why I still see some posts from her. When did? Why? What happened? She just didn't find that's value good for her. Yeah." Okay. I know. And, and I, so I said, she said, I'm going to need to use your Facebook account to put together the party because everyone my age uses Facebook to organize events. I'll be honest. Uh, so far, no invite has come my way. But, uh, but go ahead. Well, not on Facebook because she didn't, she, use, didn't use Facebook. she didn't use my account because what I said is I said, you know, here's a better idea. How about we try to do this the old school way? Oh, so she went to Walgreens and bought little party invitations and sent them out in the mail? <laughs> Not that old school. Oh, right. No, uh, no. She bought an ad on WGN Radio. Is she? That you'll she be... Wow, that I'll be re- doing a live read later for Cody's birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, very nice. <laughs> no, she. I, I just said, yeah. See Ironically, what you can... she didn't buy it on this show. Right, yeah, no. So that's weird. No, it's running on Nick's show tomorrow night. Of course, night. that's yeah. that's, sure. that's probably oh, Why not? We, we like Nick. Uh, well, yeah, I... I, I yeah. <laughs> so so she's, she's trying to organize it to see if we can, at our age, host a party using email and text and all that stuff. Well, they have that, uh, they have Evites. Have you ever thought of using Evites? <laughs> she's... You can go on, you can go on uh, the, the site, you can make up a nice invitation, and then email it to everybody, and then they respond right there on the Evite. See, and this is the one oversight uh, that she wished she had not um, had, is that she's like, well, I sent out a lot of invitations, but I didn't ask anyone to RSVP. Hmm. So Weird. we could have five people, we could have 45 people. Wow, 45 people. I have a lot of friends. Oh, sure you do. Sure. Apparently you're not one yet. I'm, you have to I'm get not one of them. That's get... fine. Listen, I, I get it. Well, here, I'm inviting you now. No, and it's the, too late now. The, well, the bat... I'm not going to be the guy who invites himself to the party. No, I'm inviting... I'm sure I have a lot of things to do. What the, is it? The I don't remember. Yeah, I got the... a lot going on. I'm on spring break this week. I got lots going on. Look, the best thing is you don't even have to RSVP. That's true. Maybe I show, maybe I don't. Either way, I'm right online with everybody else. Right. Now, the Evite's the way to go if you want to do the Evite. Good for her. But she's crushing it, and she, it'll be a bit really nice. And I've, I know people will come, and it's, it's really cool. And I hope, because if she can demonstrate this, then I have an out to leave Facebook myself. Because sure. I've only been on there recently, because I'm so sick of the whole privacy selling your data. Like right. all, I, I'm just, no, I'm I over it. I understand, yeah. Um, you, you still like to tweet, though. 
Love Twitter. You but, love but to tweet. Here's the thing. Twitter, and, and people don't understand this, um, Google, Facebook, Amazon, uh, Twitter, all, all these networks sell your data, right? Sure they do. And the, the difference is Twitter doesn't collect that much data from you. There's still a lot that they know, but when you fill out your Twitter profile, you know, when you fill out your Facebook profile, you put where you went to college, right. where you worked. High school, yeah, high where school. Where you grew up, where you were born. Yeah, yeah. Check into places and all that. I never check in. I, I Yeah, I like that. But but if you say you're, you know, I guess you check in. If you go, oh, I'm at, a, I'm at the theater, you're kind of checking in. Right. So Twitter does a lot of that, and I'm not, I don't want to under, um, like under-represent. Don't, don't make them the white hat of the industry. Sure, yeah. No, there's a lot of, uh, there's still a lot that they, they collect and share and data mine and all that, but, but I think on a base level, they don't necessarily have as much as like Facebook or Google. I mean, Google has software scanning the emails you send and receive, Right. you know, to, to put a personality. I mean, their, their predictive algorithms are absurdly precise, whereas I don't, I mean, and maybe I'm 100% wrong and I'm just fooling myself, but <laughs> I'm happy to use Twitter for right now because the evidence that I'm aware of doesn't seem to suggest that they are as bad about just giving away all and your And for those who are wondering, you do have a little more insight into the social media algorithms because that's what you do during the day. You, mm -hmm. you've, you've done this before. You know how to, you, you've analyzed the data. You know what's going in. You know what's coming out. And people joke about it all the time, but how many times has this happened? You look, you know, you go to a site to shop for something, and whether you buy it or not, hey, suddenly there's a lot of ads for that on your Facebook profile news feed. It's like, oh, this is spooky. Mm -hmm. Spooky, spooky. So, all right. So, what are you well, doing for your birthday? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The way it should be. The way God intended it. Just uh, sit back and pretend it's not happening. No, we're going. Uh, well, we're going to the theater that night for another show, the Cruel Intentions uh, musical. So we'll be we'll be going to that. And uh, I'm getting my water heater replaced that morning. So very exciting. Waiting for a plumber on my birthday morning. That'll be nice. Mm. Uh, then trying to corral the dogs so they don't kill the plumber. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. That's uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, probably do some lesson plans. So, I, oh, Cody, my birthday is going to be so rollicking. Because I said, I'm on spring break. So I'll probably be doing beer bongs and going to a wet t-shirt contest, too, at some point during this week. Cause sure. it's spring break. I think you'll win. Oh, probably. I've been gaining a little weight, unfortunately. So now now my moobs are ready to go. <laughs> and, uh, Gross. I'll wet it down. Yeah, you know that. Okay. That is horrible. Yeah. Uh, so, no, that's, you know, I I always have an issue with my birthday. I always do. It's uh, so nothing. And I think Debbie and Molly are wise to that. So Debbie's not sending out an invitation. There will be no party. <laughs> there will be no party. There, but, you know, we'll go to the play and that'll be nice. And that, uh, you know, then it's kind of like a regular old day. I think I figured out the birthday thing to make it positive every year. Give it to me. You celebrate. Me out. You celebrate the last year of your life. It's here's the end of the X year of my life. Let's look back. And you do a little retrospective. You mm. maybe glance through your tweets or Facebook posts or okay. emails or something or journal or sure. whatever it is. Maybe your calendar. You look back and say, oh, here's, I did this show. Cool. What was the last year like? All right, great. What can I do this year? Sure. Treat it like an, almost like a New Year's. There's resolution kind of thing, yeah. not all necessarily right. a resolution, but you know, at the in December, a recap, yeah, in, yeah, in December the, you see all the recap lists the best and everything. Of list. Yeah, make it about you. All right, everybody likes that. 
Does, do they? Yeah. I don't think so. I do. A lot of narcissists? Is that what you're saying? A lot of narcissists. Everybody's narcissistic? Everyone's a narcissist. Right. Well, we'll see. A little bit. That's not uh, scientifically true, but you know what I mean. All right. Well, because uh, we won't be here. People are t- a couple texts saying, hey, uh, last year on April 1st, Cody took your job. Remember? Yes, I do remember, but we're not on the air on April Fool's Day, and if we did it today, that'd be kind of weird. So, plus, we did it once. We're not going to repeat. I had been looking to April. I had been looking forward I know. to doing a live show on April Fool's Day on this show. The for, entire time we had been doing a show. It's like, last year, April, oh my gosh, last year April Fool's was, was like the greatest day of my life. It was funny. It was so great. I thought, but people, people were, oh. Wait, that was last year? That was last year. We were still in Tribune. Yeah. I can't believe it. I can't believe yeah. it's been less than a year. Well, yeah, because we didn't move up here till the summer. I cannot like believe June, yeah. it hasn't been a full year. No. Well, That's it has. Cr- Tomorrow, it's a full year. No, but since we moved from Tribune, because that was still last summer. Yeah, we we've were, been here. Wow. Yeah, we didn't. I think it was June when we made the move up here. That's insane. Why? I don't know. All I know is I went there one day. There was nothing, so I was like, "Oh, we must be at the new place." Came yeah, over here. Now they got all the walls ripped off. You walk by it, it's crazy. I know it's depressing. I can't go by there, so I, you know, I just stay underground until I pop up south of the river, like I have- a rat. That's what I do. I scurry along the embankment, and then when I'm past it, I pop up. Yes, you were saying? Nothing. I happened to be walking by Tribune Tower when they were taking the W off the building. Oh, I remember seeing your picture. The WGN. Back when you were on Facebook. Right. Back when I cared, Brian. I understand. Listen, just care enough to vote. I, I always care enough to vote. Uh, Rolling Stones postponed their tour. I don't know if everybody saw this. If you have tickets to one of the two shows coming up in June, either June 21st or June 25th, uh, the Rolling Stones No Filter Tour has been postponed because Mick Jagger is receiving unnamed medical treatment, which doesn't sound good. Uh, must be. It's got to be serious if you're canceling an entire tour. You know, uh, not a lot of details. Mick Jagger, seventy-five. See, and this is when I was buying the tickets. Why did I say I was buying them? Because I wanted to see them before something happened. (laughs) Come on, rally. I still want to see it before something happens. I don't want to make this all about me. I hope Mick Jagger's going to be okay. Uh, The band announced Saturday that Jagger was told by the doctors that he, quote, cannot go on tour at this time. Uh, Jagger tweeted, I really hate letting you down like this. Uh, I'm devastated for having to postpone the tour, but I will be working very hard to get back on stage as soon as I can. Um, so, yeah, nothing but the best. I, 75, though, to still be doing what he's doing is amazing. So at some point you got to go, yeah, I, you know, age does catch up with people, and health, health concerns do catch up with people, um, despite the fact that Mick seems like a guy who at least in the last few decades, has been taking care of himself, you know. In the early days, he was like every other rock star. And yet, Keith Richards still ready to go on tour. Weird. I guess that's what a total blood transfusion will do for you. Allegedly, back in the day. Did you ever hear that rumor? Um, that was a big, oh, that was a big rock and roll rumor. That Keith had all his blood taken out and new blood put in. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, let's see. Somebody from the 815 is having a birthday on Wednesday. So, happy birthday to you. They wished us happy birthday. Which was uh, very nice. Uh, well, I don't know. What, oh, it must have been the uh, the wet T-shirt. Uh, the wet T-shirt comment. Somebody said, "I'm having dinner." Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> all right, we won't do that. Uh, Margaret in Bridgeport birthday on April twelfth. There you go. Happy birthday! Another Aries. Yes. Do you follow that stuff? Uh, no, I don't, I don't believe either. in horoscopes. I'm skeptical because I'm an Aries. All right. Get it? 
Yeah, I get it. Somebody said, if uh, Cody, if your birthday ends up involving the cops or an ER, we have to speak of it again. So, okay, I will. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Because if Cody- challenge accepted, and if both, then perhaps we, uh, you know, you record something from either the ER or the Huskow, and uh, and we we can talk about that too. I'll call you from the big house. Yeah, don't call me for bail. Because one, you know I don't like to answer my phone. <laughs> Two, uh, I don't keep cash handy. And three, you'll need to learn a lesson. So it's tough love. You'll call me and say, hey, you know, uh, my invite-only party got raided, and uh, we were making gin in the bathtub and growing a lot of marijuana. And so now we're going to jail. And I'm like, well, then maybe you shouldn't have made, you should have made better life choices, which is what I tell the children. You should make better life choices. I'm six. Well, then you've had six years to learn to make better choices. I ca- I'm not going to be here to hold your hand forever. But I'm not even seven. Life goes on. Horrible week for Illinois State Troopers. Uh, two troopers killed on the roads in two days. Editorial in the uh, Sun-Times saying, we failed to keep the roads safe. And I will agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, first of all, it's just horrible. Three Illinois State Troopers have died since uh, January, Don had a story of another, uh, was a deputy uh, who was killed, uh, Jim Cook, killed in an, uh, by a wrong way driver. People are driving ridiculously bad. This is just, it, it's, it, we have a law, you know, Scott's law is on the books since 2002, where if you see an emergency vehicle, whether it's a police car, a fire engine, an ambulance, uh, one of the Minutemen, you're supposed to slow down and move over so that the people who are responding to these incidents can be kept relatively safe. If you've ever had to pull over on the interstate, uh, if you got a flat tire or, or whatever, and you've gotten out, you know how terrifying it can be even if you are over on the shoulder because people aren't paying attention. They're coming over the white lines. Uh, we see it. You see it every day when you're on the roads. People just not paying attention. So imagine if your job is to have to stop and help people on the side of the road. Now, you would think, you know, uh, a state police car has flashing lights. It should be very easy to see unless you're not looking. So it's just, uh, there's, you can tell, listen, how many times can you tell people to pay attention when they're driving? We shouldn't have to anymore. The minute you the minute you get on the road, you should be driving. I still say we have to do something where if your car is in gear, the phone doesn't work. You put your car in gear, the phone goes out. If your car stops, if you're in an accident, if something happens, the minute your your car stops, the signal will go back on. But there's no reason to be talking and I well, what if I use hands free? You're just as distracted. Take it from a guy who thinks, well, I'm using hands-free. But you know what? I get involved in a conversation, and suddenly I'm torn between paying attention and, you know, God forbid you're having an argument on the phone, whatever. Even a nice conversation is going to draw, you're giving up your attention. So, I just, it's awful. And it's awful for these, obviously for the troopers' families. I'm not saying anything you don't know. There's nothing, I can't shed any new light on this. Other than to say, if you're driving and you're not paying attention, you need to you need to stop, and you need to think about this. And it's not hard. It's not hard if you see if you see an emergency vehicle, pull over. I still see I still see people who won't get out of the way if they hear an ambulance coming down the street, you know, or for a fire truck, anything. 
people will still keep going. They're like, well, i got to get through this intersection. No, you don't. Pull over. Because you know what? Your life and the life of either the person in the ambulance or the people who the fire truck is responding to or the police car is responding to, it's worth, it's worth having to sit through an extra one or two lights to get to your next destination. It's, it's, it's shocking to me that uh, these are the kind of things that we still have to be having conversations about. So, But we are. So, you know, uh, to Trooper uh, Brooke Jones' stories family and to Trooper uh, Gerard Ellis' families, uh, you know, there's, there's no words. But uh, for those of us who are in the cars who are responsible for helping keep people uh, like the state troopers and responders safe, just do, do what you're supposed to do. All right. On the other side, I'm going to tell you, I, I teased this before, I'm going to tell you why people instantly dislike you. That's right, Cody. I'm looking at you. All of that after the news, WGN. Final 25 minutes of the big broadcast. Karen Conti coming your way after the 7 o'clock news. A lot of legal stories that Karen will be covering as uh, she settles in tonight. And then uh, we're back. Now, uh, we should update everybody because the White Sox, uh, the regular season has started. White Sox big winners today. Very, uh, very exciting. Winning the, uh, the first game of the season after they've dropped the first two to Kansas City. But because the White Sox also love to play Sunday afternoon games, our start time is always a little uh, hinky. We're never exactly sure when we start. Uh, we could start at 4, we could start at 4.30, we could start at 5, we could start never. That's not going to happen because the Sox play early. So we will uh, we will always be here through baseball season. We just don't know exactly when. So here's what you need to do. Listen to the White Sox game on WGN, and when the game's over and Carm's done with the post game, we'll start up. That's how it works. It's very easy, simple to do. All the kids are doing it. The cool kids, anyway. All the dorks aren't listening. And then they're like, when does the show start? That's it. Well, listen to the station. Leave it on. Listen to the game. Sure, the game may be a little depressing, but know that it's to build the future. I'm going to keep. I'm going to be the glass half full guy, which is which is new for me. And you're not going to recognize it. And you're going to think that Cody put me in a pod and someone snatched me, and they've put an alien life force in here. But I will keep. I'm going to keep a a positive attitude. Mark my words, Cody. Three games into the season, I'm going to keep it positive. Again, no baseball should be played before June 1st. If you're doing these things, people would dislike you instantly. Instantly, according to many scientific studies, various studies for each thing, they like you, they dislike you instantly because you only have a few seconds. Few seconds and people will decide, do they want to spend more time with you? Do they want to get to know you or do they wish you were in a hole somewhere in a, in the woods? Maybe not that drastic, but the point is the same. Uh so Let's see what you're doing. Now, I, I will say, as I perused this list earlier, I may or may, well, I may be guilty of a couple of these, which explains a lot, because I figure most people dislike me anyway, so it, it works out perfectly. So, dis- posting too many pictures of yourself on social media, you think people are going to go, oh, isn't that great? They're living the life. Oh, hashtag goals. No, my friends. No, 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 no. A uh, 2013 discussion paper from researching researchers at Birmingham Business School suggested that posting too many photos on Facebook could hurt your real-life relationships because friends get mad if you post too many pictures of your family and family gets mad if you post too many pictures of your friends. Guilty. But I, I'm liking the way you think about getting rid of this. Now, the, the show page I would keep, but I like, uh, I like pulling back a little. I think that's uh, that's probably good. 
disclosing something extremely personal early on in a relationship. You ever do that? You meet somebody and then you're telling them your deepest, deepest, darkest secrets? Of course not. I haven't told Debbie my deepest, darkest secrets. And next month we'll be married 27 years. She doesn't know 90% of my deep, dark secrets. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Unless my parole officer calls the house. Then, you know, then my cover is blown. That's not true. Oversharing the first time you meet somebody can also be signs that that person is a psychopath or a narcissist. The the person who's doing the oversharing? Yeah, if you overshare significantly. Of course. Yeah, because yeah, we don't want to... Nobody wants to hear all about you right away. Yeah. Because nobody's that interesting. Well, if it's extremely personal, part of that can be a part of a manipulation tactic that uh, people with that personality will use. So careful if someone... Is if you meet someone, they're like, "Oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, my mom's in the hospital, and we're paying for the medical bills, and this is how much that's costing, and I had to take out a we loan just for met. it." And, yeah, I don't. Yeah, the psychologists say that disclosing something too intimate while you're still getting to know someone can make you seem insecure and decrease your likability. Um, the key goal is to be give just an, the right amount of personal information, according to a study at Illinois State University, right down the road here. Um, so maybe you share some childhood memories or something, but that's about as personal as you should get early on in the relationship. Asking someone questions without talking about yourself at all. So you're just all you're you're interrogating someone basically. You've got them under the hot light. They're in the box like they're with Andre Brower on homicide, and uh, they're, you're sweating them, sweating them for information. Uh, that same study that we mentioned in uh, at Illinois State also found an important caveat to the idea that self-disclosure predicts closeness. It has to be mutual. So people generally like you less if you don't reciprocate when they disclose something intimate. So if you tell me a secret, you want me to tell you something secret too, or something doesn't have to be more intimate or secret than what you've just told me, but it's got to be close. Like if you told, I don't know, you told me you wet your bed until you were 28. And I go, oh, well, I put my sheets in the washer. That's not quite the same. You know, we're not, we haven't shared the same level of intimacy. Oh, I wash my sheets twice a year. It's still not the same. Both are equally as disgusting, but neither one, neither one the same. Posting a close-up profile photo will make people instantly dislike you. Like when you're... You've seen these pictures where people get the camera so close to their face, it's like they're pressing their nose on the window. And it's creepy. I don't one, I don't want to see your pores. Two, you have a bat in the cave. Three, gross. Back up a little bit. Give yourself some room. That bothers people that much it made the list? Cody, research from twenty twelve. Suggest and I know you're a guy who loves research. I love research. You love fake science. You love the round earthers. Mm-hmm. Because you you know the the earth is flat. Right. Uh, so, ice walls. Uh, ice walls at the edges. Doom 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 do doom doom. Ice walls, baby? You heard about that, right? No. The no, ice is walls that thing? the new thing? That's the new flat earther. Explanate. Oh, that's what keeps us from flying off? There's ice walls? They're, they're uh, planning... Wait, like, in, like, in, like in Game of Thrones? Yeah, no, you can plan a cruise to the ice wall, and that's the flat earther's way of proving it, because once you get to Antarctica, guess what's there, Brian? An ice wall. Actual ice walls. So now they have an excuse. So All when right. you get there, instead of the water company, people say, oh, well, what, doesn't the water cascade off? The flat earthers say, no, there's an ice wall, and we can show you. And then they'll sail down to Antarctica, and there it is, Brian. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> because uh, I'm getting tired of having to coddle lunatics. Just because in this day, we all want to, we all want to be nice, you know. We all want to give. Well, you have you have a right to your opinion. No, you don't. 
If your opinion is complete hogwash, you have a right to it. You don't have a right to try to spread it around. If you believe the earth is flat, you're a nincompoop. There is... I don't care what doctored up photo you're going to do. I don't care how many times you go and see ice and don't, you know, it's like, Cody, there's no world outside of here. Because once I get there, I can't leave. Couldn't you open the door? No, there's no pass through to another dimension. I have to stay in here. That's that's as dumb as Earth is flat. No, it's not, Columbus. It's not flat. So I'm not going to coddle you anymore. If you say the earth is flat, I discount you immediately. You are an imbecile. Nothing you say. I don't care if then you you spout off something that you think is the cure for cancer that may actually do it. The fact that you also told me the earth is flat discounts anything you say up to that point and beyond. So be careful. If you tell me vaccinations are not good, seriously, talk to the people up, uh, up north who have a measles outbreak going. Yeah, you, you tell me there's no vaccinations are no good? You're an nincompoop. Everything you say is discredited. Don't come up when, don't tell me the science is fake. You know, come on, stop. All right? I don't want to hear it, and I'm done coddling you. I think as a society, we need to, we need to start calling lunatics lunatics again. Because they, we, we allow them to run around and spout off, and we give them the same platform as people who've done tons and tons of research, who've devoted their life to critical thinking and evidence-based theories. And then we let some guy who just said, I saw a picture of an ice wall, and I know the earth is flat. Where did you see the picture? Well, it was on the internet. See, maybe, maybe you only get the internet if you pass a test. Maybe that's, you know, something else. Another one of my hot takes. You only get the internet if you pass a test. All right, so there you go. Yes, so if, you're, if your face is more than, um, face about a foot and a half away from the camera, you are considered less trustworthy, according to this study. So you need to have your camera about four and a half feet away. But I think if you do arm's length, arm's length is probably pretty good. It's when you're right up here. And like, <laughs> no, that people don't like that. If you hide your emotions, people will instantly dislike you as well. They had uh, Oregon, University of Oregon had some uh, kids sit around. They watched movies. They watched the uh, fake orgasm scene from when Harry met Sally, and then they watched the sad scene from The Champ, that Ricky Schroeder John Voight boxer movie, where Ricky Schroeder's a little kid and his dad's a boxer. I never saw it, but I know the backstory. All right, so they watched it, and then they watched if people cried or showed their emotions. And if you didn't show your emotions, they judged you as less likable. Because, again, I, I don't trust people who don't show any emotion. You're some sort of automaton. I'm not a fan of that. Have you seen The Champ? I haven't seen The Champ. Me neither. But that is actually what scientists and researchers generally use to um, to inspire emotions of like sadness and crying oh, in, really? in well, research studies. Well, that's it was part of a research study for this. Yeah, really? it's like their standard like go to apparently. All right, is it, I'm, maybe I'll check on Netflix. I'll check in Netflix. Netflixed? What happened? Did I just have some sort of seizure. Uh, I'll check, and if it's there, I'll live. I'll, I'll text you as I'm watching it and weeping. Or maybe I'll just FaceTime you, and you get to see me ugly cry, Ooh. like Katy Perry during an episode of American Idol. Ooh, yeah. How do you like that reference? Shows I'm hip. I'm down with the You're kids. You're very hip. I'm. I'm a. I know what's happening with the youngsters. 
I don't think youngsters watch American Idol, do they? They brought that show back? Yeah, I've never se- I haven't seen it, but I'll see like a recap on Good Morning America. They'll go, why did Katy Perry ugly cry last night? I don't know, George Stephanopoulos. Why are you worrying yourself with this? There's other things to talk about. I remember it was like the end of the world when they canceled it. Like, oh, it canceled after 28,000 yeah. seasons. Oh, and, now and it came back last year. This yeah. is the second season. It's back. I saw like a commercial for it. I'm like, wait, what? Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and uh, Luke Bryant. Country singer. Okay. Yeah, those are the judges. All right, so you got to show emotion. This, this I believe, and I had this conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago. They said, oh, so-and-so is so nice. And I said, I don't trust them because they act too nice. And that's another way to make people dislike you immediately. You act too nice. According to research at Washington State University, uh, they had college students play computer games. Now, you would, this is right up your alley. They had college students play computer games with four other people who were, uh, who were actually manipulators in the research. So, some of the manipulators gave away, uh, let's see, they gave up a lot of points and they only took a few vouchers, which I guess is, uh, according to this study, an altruistic behavior. They, and so, the, the people said that the unselfish teammates made them look bad, they didn't. Uh, they suspected ulterior motives, and they wouldn't want to work with the people who were unselfish because they didn't trust them because they were too nice. I never trust anybody who's too nice, and I know a couple people like that. Everybody, oh, they're so nice, and every time you meet them, oh, they're they're, they're just they're the sweetest pie people. They're so nice, and I'm not talking about common courtesy. I'm talking like overly nice, and you go, there's something wrong with this guy. Something there's something, you know. Uh, bodies hidden in his basement, whatever it is, I don't trust him. Humble bragging will make people dislike you immediately. Uh, getting too nervous will make people dislike you immediately. They did a study where they, uh, this is the weirdest one. The Monell Chemical Census Center. This would be, they had, uh, they had people watch videos of women in everyday situations, like working in an office or taking care of a child. While watching the videos, they sniffed three kinds of sweat. The people who were watching the videos sniffed three kinds of sweat. Uh, sweat that someone had produced while exercising, sweat produced during a stressful situation, and sweat produced during a stressful situation that had been covered up with antiperspirant. Results showed that participants rated the women lower on all measures when they smelled of stress-reduced sweat. That could be the... This is why we have to start uh, getting our grant papers filled out. Because this sounds like it's right up our alley. Not smiling, people will dislike you, and having a hard-to-pronounce name, which seems sad. And this, I've been guilty of this final one, including a smiling emoticon in an email. People will not only not they won't they not only will immediately dislike you they will also think that you are inferior to other people if you use a smiley emoticon in an email. What will they think of you when all your email is nothing but it's exclusively emoticons? Emoji are great. Emojis. I th- I'll throw an emoji in. I like them for uh, I like them for texting and uh, mostly texting. I have begun occasionally putting a smiley face in a business email. Yeah, because yeah, I don't, people don't like it. I don't think it's uh, considered super unprofessional anymore. All I'm telling you is what the research says, Cody. People will think you are not as uh, competent, Yeah, and they will uh, they will not trust you. All right. They'll think you're, uh, you know, a lightweight. Well. So I'm just, uh, listen, it's research. It's science. You know, I read the graffiti on the ice wall at the end of the earth. That's mm. how I know. Mm. Kilroy was here, and he fell off the edge. 
because there's no because it's flat. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break and then uh, short men. Your cover is about to be blown for good. I'll tell you how. It's WGN. A few more minutes, and then uh, Karen Conti will come in, and she'll tell us what she is going to be talking about on her program, which comes up after 7 o'clock. Uh, if you use, uh, you used to do uh, dating apps back when you were single, back years ago. Yep. Were you? Did you find that a lot of the profiles contained, how would you say it kindly, lies? Blatant lies? Falsehoods? Misrepresentations? I didn't meet that many people in person. I would imagine there were some on there. One of the biggest gripes that ladies have, and guys, I guess, too, uh, on Tinder is that men will lie about their height. I've heard a lot about this. A lot of people saying that they're tall. You and I don't have to worry about that. Right. If we lied about it, I would say, you know, I'm 7'3". And that, that seems excessive for anybody. But you and, I, you and I are well above six feet, so we don't have to worry about it. The men of a slightly smaller stature, they seem to have a problem with this. So Tinder is introducing a new tool that will verify a user's height it's what? The, it's the, quote, thing you never asked for, but definitely always wanted, Tinder height verification, according to the company. That's right. So they tweeted out, introducing the thing you never asked for, it's coming soon, read more, blah, blah, blah. So Tinder says, it's come to our attention that most of you five foot tenors out there are actually five foot six, and the charade, or do you say charade, the charade must stop. To verify your height, you have to simply input your true, accurate height with a screenshot of you standing next to any commercial building. So you could go back over to Trip Tower, you come out here to our, our new building, you stand next to that building, you take a picture. Then, to verify your height, uh, Twitter, will, Twitter will look at the picture, look at you, they'll figure it out, and uh, if they are able to verify your height, your height will be verified on your account. On Twitter. Now, I've never been on uh, no, or Tinder. This is all on Tinder. Sorry. Yeah. I've never been on Tinder, so I don't know what... Uh, do they do the same thing as our blue check or like on the other ones? Not when I was there. Okay. But maybe now. So uh, Tinder will do this, and they'll verify. It's become a bit of a meme on social media where uh, women turn away men on Tinder and other dating sites if they are under six feet tall. Tinder states that only 14.5% of U.S. males are over six feet tall. So everybody else is lying. Wow. Yes. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of short guys complain about this and say it's a double standard because a lot of women lie I, about their size. I, I know that. And I, this is an interesting little double standard that now you have to verify if you're a male, but as a woman, you can just kind of change the angle. Oh, sure. And oh, wow, she looks so uh, long and lean. And mm, no, she's actually, she's not that at all. So gentlemen, welcome to, welcome to the world. You now have to verify your height. Because 85% of us are not over six feet, and yet that's what they want. This seems very unfair and one-sided. Well, welcome to, you know. 2019. Welcome to 2019. All right. Are you surprised? Let's take a quick break, then we'll check in with Karen Conti, see what she's got rocking. I'm sure there's one or two legal stories that she's uh, dug up over the week. We'll find out on the other side. It's WGN. Oh, thanks for the heads up, Cody. All right. <laughs> Cody's in there talking to carrots. The producers Anytime, are trying. The producers are killing us. Our producers are in their gas bag, and instead of telling us, "Hey, the break's <laughs> almost over. Maybe you should prepare." Karen Conti's here. She has a show coming up in a few minutes. I know. I saw you were on TV the other morning talking about this. I know you're going to talk about this, this on the show. But I was talking about this earlier. What's going on in Kim Fox's office? Sixteen count indictment. Everybody walks, and every defense attorney that I've seen interviewed says. 
Yeah, usually something like this, if a case, if everything's getting dismissed and all the charges are up, it takes a little while, not like two days. Well, the whole thing was handled poorly. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. I mean, you have a victim. The police were the victim here of this crime. I mean, think about yes. it. <clears throat> normally, not, normally not. But if you have, if you're a victim of the crime, say you're walking out and you get robbed, and the state's attorney brings charges against the perpetrator, he would be talking to you. He'd be saying, Brian, you know, I'm considering a plea bargain to a lesser offense because he doesn't have a prior, or I'm thinking of this going to trial. And not that you have any say so because you don't have sure. any. You can't tell him no. I, I don't want you to plead yeah. because you're just the victim. Okay, you're the victim, but the state is the is the party. But in this case, why wasn't the prosecution talking to the police as the victim? I mean, they put all this effort in. They put together a, a timeline that was airtight. And the idea that they didn't even give him a heads up. Yeah, they're to that's blindside wrong. everybody. That's the first wrong thing. And and I know you'll answer this too, but I, I got to throw it out because I'm sure other people want to answer this. Uh, is it only? Are you only going to try to prosecute a case as the state's attorney's office? That you're absolutely sure you can win. Do they do they prosecute yes. ones that? No, because she said the other day that they had enough evidence to find him guilty, and then on Friday it was like, well, no, the evidence wasn't. He's not innocent. He's not exonerated. But we didn't think we could win in court. I believe that there's actually a written policy in the Cook County State's Attorney's Office that says that you do not charge a crime unless you believe sincerely that you have enough evidence to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. So if you think the crime was committed and you think the guy did it, maybe we all know he did it, but we don't have the evidence and the horses to do that, they are not supposed to charge. So when you when you charge someone with 16 counts of disorderly conduct in a case like this, yeah. Or plea bargain them to one. Right. Get an admission something. on something. You know, there were a lot of alternatives and, and, and the whys of, of all of this. We generally don't get to know that because yeah. that we're not privy to them. But right. someone should be privy to it because this is a very public case. All right. Well, I know you'll be talking about this. What else are you going to talk about? I have Jack Riley, who is a former DEA officer. He wrote a book called Drug Warrior. He was instrumental in uh, catching El Chapo. Oh, cool. And uh, the book's great and really interesting. And we're going to talk about the drug trade. And what happens now that El Chapo is gone? Are we going to have uh, a reduction in the traf- drug, oh, yeah. drug trafficking? I'm sure everything's going to be hunky-dory. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be listening. Sounds okay. great. Good to All see right, you. All right, Brian. Take care. Karen Conti on the other side of the news. Thanks for listening and being part of the program. We'll talk to you again next Sunday. The Steve Cochran Show celebrates the most valuable person on the planet. Weekday mornings at 720 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN Radio on Tune In. The news is sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. It is 7 o'clock with the news. Don Kleppen.